Hello friends, welcome to Running and Fitness with Raj. This show will bring you exciting and interesting guests and give you specific and actionable advice on your running, fitness and general health. Our guest this week is one of the true legends of running, the world renowned Meb Keflaski. Meb is the winner of both the New York and Boston marathons as well as a silver medalist at the Olympics and is in fact the only person in history who has done this triple feat. But more than all his running achievements, Meb is a true role model, an ornament to the sport and continues to inspire people all around the world with the various roles he plays in addition to being a champion athlete. These being active in supporting charities, social causes and Meb is also a multiple book author. So let me begin by asking Meb that who were the key people who influenced you in your life and career? Well, Raj, thanks for having me. It's great to be with you. And I feel very fortunate to be in your podcast. And it's also world-renowned. So it's good to be with you. I'm just Thank fortunate. you, Meb. You are too kind. You are too kind. <laughs> um, my pleasure. It's, uh, my humble beginning started in Eritrea, third world country. And you don't think anything for granted. You have always respect for people and understanding. They said it takes a village to raise a child. And I'm Absolutely. a product of that. Uh, and I feel very blessed to have... Uh, an international growth to me because there's been so many people that have influenced about first and foremost my creator God and then two is my parents and uh, having siblings older brother than I am that keep me in line <laughs> I remember my dad you know how famous he get how big he get they're still your older brother so you must respect them so for sure. me to be kind to people and treat them with uh, dignity and respect has always been important since I was a baby and uh my dad always saw those, uh, don't judge the book by its cover. You never okay. know what's going to have a valuable information. So I do take that to heart to be able to just greet everybody equally and as much as I can. And sometimes there's lines waiting for me. And I don't know what that person going to tell me the story of their life or what struggle they're going through. So I can have open-minded and try to kind of give them a hug and make them feel special. Okay. And uh, it, it, when you, uh, I mean, I know that in your early in, your, in Eritrea, for example, you were not uh, doing running. I mean, you probably walked quite a bit because that was the nature of the nature of the, you know, the society there and the infrastructure there. Uh, I remember once you mentioning that your uh, mother probably used to go 98 miles, if I'm not mistaken, taking the oxen and all that. But formally into running, uh, how did you really get into it? I mean, and I know that it probably happened after after you moved to the U.S. You know, uh, my mom must heard you what you said. My mom was just trying to call me on the phone. And in fact, there's a missed call from my mom. <laughs> 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 so, no, it's, uh, it, it's, you know, when you don't take things for granted, and like you said, for me, I never was a runner. Uh, I walked to school. Uh, yep. If you're late, you run to school because you're going to get punished otherwise. So okay. it, it's, there's another way to get there is, uh, the faster is uh, than walking is running. So, but also I was, uh, you know, I was taking care of sheep and goats and things like that. And I used to go two to three miles to get water out of the well and carry it. So without knowing I was doing weight training, I guess you can say that. And also climbing trees or uh, finding bark or uh, branches or leaves from trees, because when we go, in a third world country, you can't come home without empty basket. You got to find something to cook your meals or boil your water. So it's always been something of activities, uh, you know, whether it's going to the sure. different places, it's your legs. There's no cars, there's no bicycles. So that's how uh, my probably one of my muscles, not my one, my muscle, but how my body was created to kind of assemble, <clears throat> to build muscles. So 
and that didn't come in handy once I came to the United States because I already had those foundation of uh, walking and somewhat running unofficially for races, but for for not to be late to school. So, uh, so at what at what point did you start uh, realizing that uh, you could move, you know, move the move move into a professional, being a professional, I know, and you could uh, you know you could become an uh, an elite. Uh, uh, I, and I know that uh, you did work with uh, Coach uh, Bob Larson, uh, who you know who probably has influenced you quite significantly. Can you just talk us through some of those influences in your running? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, for me, it was in seventh grade uh, when I was first discovered. Uh, I was in seventh grade uh, seventh PE class. The PE teacher said, if you run hard, you're going to get a, a or B. If you must run, go for running DRF. So I don't want to disappoint him. I don't want to post on my parents because they always expected an A and do really well, 110%. So okay. uh, I ran 520 mile and that's when God wow. gave a discovered. He said, you're going to go to the Olympics. So <laughs> I didn't know what the word Olympic meant. I wouldn't have to ask my dad, what do you mean? What's the Olympics? Because I didn't speak a word of English. I grew up without electricity, no running water. So it was TV or nothing of that sort was in my presence for the first 10 of my life. So okay. when I, when I started running and I think it was 1997 when I thought maybe when after winning four NCAA titles, nationals at the collegiate level with coach Bob Larson, when I was at UCLA, I said, oh, maybe this thing can be something that I can pursue as a profession. But before that, I never really thought that. But actually, my classmates, maybe teammates when I was in high school, they probably saw that, you know, see you at the Olympics or don't forget the small people. And I said, hopefully I have never changed who I am, but I have accomplished a lot with my running. Okay, excellent. Now, you know, since you mentioned uh, the Olympics a couple of times, I want to, you know, start with your Olympic uh, Olympic medal. And this is something I have said in my podcast in other contexts two or three times already, which is when you lined up that day, there were 39 runners and the, you had the 38th fastest time or there was only one person in terms of just, you know, t- prior timings behind you. But then when you finish the race, you were there was only one person ahead of you. So just just, in, uh, just talk us through what sort of a mindset and all of that is required to you know to achieve uh, to achieve that. Well, going to the Olympics in two thousand four was only my fourth marathon ever, so experience yep. was not a lot on my on my side. But uh, I was the thirty ninth out of one hundred one, like you said. But I believed in my coach, I believed in my training, and I believed in preparation the key to success. As my parents always say, if, if you do your homework, then you should pass the exam. So. Coach Larson and I and Dina Caster and uh, Joe Vigil, who were in, this, in the group, Coach Joe Vigil, we worked really hard and we were fortunate to have the science behind us because the United States Olympic Committee did touch us how to run in the hot, hilly and humid course of Athens. And we put it all together. I, yes, I was the 39th fastest guy. I wasn't sh- My chances of doing well was in the 10K because I'm um, both, both teams, but... Uh, uh, I was an American record holder. I've been an Olympic in the 10K before. So, But I decided the marathon is very prestigious. I want to be part of the history, and I want to be the first, hopefully, American to bring a medal. Uh, I was not going to be what color the medal is going to be. I just want to get win a medal. And coincidentally, I was able to just push and uh, and you know persevere and kind of play really smart, run smart. And, you know, Stefano Boldini, who beat me, kind of made him over the 5K left. And then I said, ah, 5K is a long way in a marathon. I don't want to bonk. And uh, Paul Turgot, who was a world record holder behind us, so I, he might be going through the bad phase. Now he's going to turn it on you know, when he gets a good patch. So I don't want to lose a, that chance. So I didn't 
I didn't I didn't go with him, but I want one mile to go. I threw my hat and went for him, but he was having a fabulous day just like I was. So I felt blessed that I was able to bring the medal here in the United States after 28 years. Absolutely brilliant. In fact, also more than that, I remember in the year 2000, you, uh, you know, in the marathon, United States didn't even send its quota of athletes. And then four years later, you won a medal, Dina won a medal. I mean, it was just a remarkable transformation. And from there, you know, American distance running has never really looked uh, looked back. So before I go to the, you know, some of the other triumphs that I want to talk about, like New York and Boston, uh, you'd, you know, I want to switch and come back to 2008 uh, Olympic trials when you had the injury. Uh, it was a different kind of a setback for you, and you obviously came back from uh, from that. And a lot of lot of us who are recreational, uh, you know, athletes uh, keep having injuries because of various reasons, right? So, can just take us through the mindset, the you know how you how you know how you overcame the disappointment and how you pushed ahead and conquered even greater heights after that. You know, Raj, I was favored to win that trials and I was look I've been second in Boston. I mean second in New York, second in the Olympic, third in Boston. I'm like, I'm ready for a win. And so I was worked extremely hard. Maybe I overdid it, but uh okay. going to the race, uh I felt confident going in and I was hoping to go to Beijing to the Olympics. But unfortunately in the United States is uh, fair and square, you know, to get yeah, top sure. three you advance. You didn't to get finished top three, you don't go. So the most unfortunate was that that put in perspective was my good friend Ryan Shea who was sitting next to me on the bus to the starting line and also trained in San Diego and Mammoth Lakes with me, kind of unfortunately had a cardiac arrest. And when I finished eighth place and people said, you know what happened to Ryan? So I was thinking Ryan Hall, he won, but maybe he slipped and fell. But they tell me Ryan Shea, they said he passed away because of a cardiac arrest. And I felt like just, you know, beat up and just disappointed. And I went to the ground. I couldn't, back, I couldn't get back up. So now that I... I didn't know what it was. So maybe the course, maybe just disappointment and all and, and the spirit of Ryan Shea, who's not longer with us. So I was just devastated mentally, physically, and emotionally. And once I got the hotel, I was my knees and elbows moving around because I could not wait, put a weight on my legs. So it was very frustrating. But I remember telling my wife and brother, I said, my Olympics will be New York City Marathon. I can't wait another four years. So I, even though my wife says, this is not a make a way living because she saw me crawling on the on the ground of the hotel uh, to go to okay. the windows. So. You know, it was a period, let's say, let's pray about it. If you pray about it, and that's what it is, the Olympic silver medal is good enough for me. But if I, I really do feel that there's was internally in me that there's worth in the tank, then this is what I just showed. So I just prayed, and 10 weeks later, I was diagnosed with a pelvis stretch fracture. So there was some, you know, uh, inj- big injury to my uh, to my body. But, you know, when life and Olympic is put in perspective, I guess the Olympic is not a big deal versus life worth living so i just came back from that and then i wanted to honor him in the best way i can and you know so new york city marathon after a year and a half of physical therapy i was able to come back and you know it's not it was an easy road you know a lot of time in the pool a lot of time therapy and all that stuff but when you don't lose hope and keep persevering and you want to do greater than yourself amazing things can happen and i was able to win the New York City Marathon, the biggest marathon in the world, with wearing the USA jersey and chanting USA, USA all the way through. No, absolutely. In fact, uh, it's a it's a remarkable trial, you know, a tale of somebody who's had such a big setback from the Olympic trials all the way, you know, in a year and a half, as you said, to 
come to the come to and win the biggest marathon in the world and the other one which has really inspired uh, you know people all around the world is your 2014 boston victory coming as it is on the back of the boston bombings boston marathon bombings in 2013 this was a highly emotional race for everybody uh, so just talk us through where, where you know your your race there because clearly you came and put up a show uh, for the whole world but for for your fellow americans in particular and again your victory was something which absolutely uplifted everybody well 2014 was pretty special but one is uh, the 2013 boston marathon was very disappointing for all of us and a lot of yep. was taken for us and i was there uh, personally i would miss the bombing by 5 minutes because i usually don't oh. get to see follow runners uh, finish and then that day since i wasn't running i'm like i just wanted to be there kind of watch them run and what it means to run the boston marathon from a perspective view and i was there okay. for four plus hours and i had an appointment i left five minutes later the bombing happened and i was devastated with the news and just couldn't ha- couldn't believe that such things can happen to humankind and that evening bonnie ford from espn asked me if i was going to come back or bring my family to this races but I, and I remember telling her I hope to be healthy enough to win for the people you know I just set those goals and to go back wow. a year later for 365 days when people wear the cap be hat or Boston hat be strong or t-shirt yep. or science you see you're constantly thinking about am I doing the right thing am I doing the right thing and baseball is big in the United States and the Boston Red Sox won the World Series in baseball they they put the trophy of the World Series at the finish line and I remember I was getting massaged that day and I tell my massage therapist, I say, I hope to do that for the runners on Patriots Day. So there were constantly dialogue or visionary going happen. And then on April 21st, 2014, I came to win top three or run a personal best. And I, you know, I tell my coach, Bob Larson, in fact, before I left to the starting line from the church, I said, don't, don't worry. You're not going to see me in the lead for the last, until the last 5K of the race. But something internally told me, you know, I wrote the victim's name. Uh, uh, Martin, uh, Sean, Ling, and Crystal on my bill to people who passed away the, during the bombing and the police officer. So I draw inspiration, and when the gun went off, I just was excited. And then Kenyans, the Ethiopians, were trying to slow down at five miles. But if I'm going to win or top three or personal best, I need to push the pace. I kept pushing, and they let me have a little bit of gap, and I kept pushing and pushing. And I was wearing a watch, so I was not going over the top. I was going within myself. And uh, you know, there was 36,000 people who wanted to do something positive through that 2014 Boston Marathon. I was just fortunate enough to be able to win the victory. And it was hurt. I hurt a lot. But when the weight of the nation is on your shoulder, you do the best that you can to honor those people that passed away. And you can't get life back, but at least you can honor them the best way. And I felt less spirit was with me and lift me up to the finish line. No, absolutely. And it, it really, really, you know, inspired and, uh, as you said, uplifted uh, uplifted the whole uh, whole nation uh, nation as well so uh, a very very you know a, a very very inspiring uh, inspiring story to say the say the least let's just move on and now talk about the fact is that you ran you know quite uh, at a to uh, within courts and you know a relatively advanced stage in terms of competitive competitive uh, racing at the time now for example you know i'm sure uh, you have inspired people like kenenise uh, bekele uh, who who attempted the you know world record at uh, berlin just uh, just a week back and you are inspiring another generation of runners but what were some of the challenges you started fa- facing in your uh, you know in your later years especially when you are running so competitively 
I think that as we get older, you know, my, our body is more fragile. So you have to have more recovery days sure. and nutrition is very important from whether you are 21 year old or 43 year old or older. But okay. the number of calories you intake is very, very important. You can't just okay. eat like you were 21 and, and, and you, know, you can burn it off. But when you are 35 or 37, I was competing at a high of my career. I was I would go to the restaurant and cut the meal in half and then say okay I'm going to eat this now and I'm going to eat the rest tomorrow not one meal. So yeah and then obviously you got to be able to do something like I use you can uh so sports drink that uh, helps you recover faster immediately after a hard run whether you do intervals which is faster than race pace or tempo race pace or long run. So you, you got to be strategize on what to put in your system and then obviously stretching okay. and the drills are very very important because they, you know, you lose limber or you lose toneness when you are getting older. So you to overcompensate that, you have to be wise. You know, sometimes you don't have to run that extra mile. You just got to be smarter. Okay. So uh, you, you're basically saying that uh, as you get older, you also have to uh, adapt your training and not just focus on the physical training, but do more of cross training, maybe strength Absolutely. work, uh, focus on nutrition. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, nutrition and strength training and cross training and, and, you know, doing the small thing that make a big difference. It might be, you know, you do it, get away with it. I was stretching before, but now you have to do drills to overcompensate those muscles. And then there's a book, Metal Mortals, that I wrote all those information and Run to Overcome is sure. my autobiography of the humble beginning of Ericello. We took what we discussed earlier. So if somebody's interested more in detail, they can look it up. Look those uh, absolutely. Up. I will link it in my uh, show notes, which goes on the podcast uh, website uh, okay. website as well. And since you mentioned, uh, mentioned the book, uh, I also want to ask you to tell us a few favorite things from your book on the 26 marathons. So the, the book that you wrote and uh, which, which I think, uh, you know, probably more listeners are familiar with that book uh, because it's, it's such a great concept, 26 marathons. And then you talk about each of them and what you learned in each of them. But just a few, you know, snippets, please. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the 26 marathons is, uh, was my idea to write it, to be able to share with follow runs, because sometimes people say, how far is a marathon? How is a Mumbai <laughs> marathon or Houston marathon or San uh, Boston marathon or New York, uh, New York marathon? They're all 26 pointers. So in honor of that, I, I put one marathon for each mile. But in those stories, and like, you know, under promise, over deliver, like, Sometimes the humble the marathon is very humbling. You know, you say, yep. you know, when I went to 2014, uh, 20, 2004 Olympic trials, I was not ready, but you got to say, you know what? I've done the best that I can. Let's just keep respect the distance, respect your competitors and I'm the promise to over deliver. And I made the Olympic team. And sometimes it's, you know, it'd rather be 90% fit than 101 fit. Like I was probably 101 fit when I went to the trials in 2008, yep. which was in November of 2007. So I, I overdid it. So you have to be able to just, you know, life is full of upside and down and marathon is a great metaphor for life. So you're going to go through the, when you run the races, you're going to feel those experiences. You go to good patches and bad patches as life is. And, but in the marathon, you know, sometimes you gotta, you'd rather be just keep it, keep it, keep it honest, you know, be real. You don't go, you don't go half fit for a marathon, you know, because it's going to become very difficult. So those are the stories that I tell. And probably faith is important. Don't lose hope in those marathons. Sometimes you might say, oh, I don't know if I could do this. But if you believe in yourself and training and you surround yourself with good people, amazing thing can happen. And for me, that's also what happened at the Boston Marathon, which is the most meaningful victory in my career. But two weeks out of my 39th birthday, I was, according to experts, I was less than one person to win. But you got to believe in yourself. <laughs> you got to believe in your training and also your team. 
So that's that's about the Boston uh, Marathon. Is there any other marathon in that uh, 26 that you talked about, uh, which kind of totally surprised you? I mean, in any aspect, I mean, positively, negatively, which comes to stand uh, stand stand out in your mind? Yeah, for example, 2007 London Marathon, I was ready to go. I had a little bit mis- mishaps, but at the same time, I felt I was ready to go. And and, some, and I was thinking about the trial. So you can do, you know, April April is the London Marathon. And yes. November was the Olympic trial for the, for the Olympics, for the United States. So I was feeling good going to the race. And then something, my Achilles started hurting. And I just said, I better cut my losses and get ready for the Olympic trials. And yep. guess what? Those two races did not go well, but don't lose faith in those thing, things because London didn't go well and then the Olympic trials didn't go well. I end up coming back because I believe in myself and the training and be patient. And I never had surgeries, but let the body recover. You know, I'm the person that likes to compete and push the body to the limit and you get injured. So when those things happen, you got an ample opportunity, ample time to recover. And after that, I was able to make two Olympic team. I was able to win the New York City Marathon. Uh, I was able also to, uh, you know, uh, win the Boston Marathon. So, but for most part, those races would have been end of my career. Uh, but at the same time, when you believe in something, keep doing it. Wonderful. So the other the the other thing I wanted to ask you now. I know we are we are we are we are on a clock here. So last couple of quick uh, questions. What are you focusing on uh, these days? Uh, what what is your you know what are some of the things that you would like to highlight to the listeners where you are spending most of your time? Well, I'm still doing an ambassador for the sports show, pacing people to an hour and a half or making appearances to marathons and doing a lot of speaking engagements for uh, runners, but also for corporations, but also like to spend time with the Met Foundation, maintain excellent balance of the health, education and fitness for young kids. And I've been very fortunate, you know, there's uh, people here in Tampa, you know, I have a lot of great friends from India. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Ram- oh, absolutely. Ramki and Radha Nakuri. Uh, they're actually hosting their open their house for the fundraiser for my foundation. And they've been uh, Suresh uh, Chanurua from Mammoth, who used to cook Indian food for me. And lovely. And, uh, so I've been very, uh, you know, Matthew and Anne, I met him, uh, Pumper uh, from Houston. They've been wanting to come to Mumbai Marathon and things like that. I met him in Athens, Greece, doing the marathon. So that's always wonderful to see. Uh, also, Indians come to the marathon, and I just feel very privileged and always uh, grateful for them. And uh, I feel, you know, awesome to be able to just spend time with them. I love the culture. I love the food and uh, spend some time with the people who, who love their culture. Oh, we would absolutely love to have you come for any race, even if it's not even a marathon or but to just even, even, even visit us. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, even I think Chandra from TCS, the CEO of TCS. Yes, and, uh, absolutely. Uh, so I've been with him, good friends with him and his wife. And, you know, when he runs the New York City Marathon, it was always a pleasure to be able to chat with him. So hopefully I'll sum up back and listen to make it to India. Thank you. On, uh, thank you very much, Meb. I know uh, I know we are running out of uh, time. Any final thoughts from your side uh, you, uh, to, for our listeners? No, I always tell people to run to win. It doesn't give me in first place, but getting the best out of yourself. Sometimes it's a 5K. Maybe it's around the block, run, walk, and then eventually it becomes 10K and half marathon to the full marathon. So don't put a limit to yourself, but it's always great to encourage your neighbors and eat healthy at home. So you are an example to your family and your neighbors to be able to be a good example. And I think that's what I try to do, you know, lead by example. And I've been very fortunate to have people come and say, you look at, they look at me as a role model and I feel very blessed and that seventh grade PE class, uh, who would ever thought would transfer to this kind of things, but I feel very fortunate and wish you guys all the best. 
Thank you very much, Meb. Really, really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you very much to all the listeners. Please check out the podcast website runfitraj.com. That is R-U-N-F-I-T-R-A-J.com. It has all the podcasts, it has all the show notes, and there is a very useful search function as well. You can reach out to me on my social media handles, which are Running and Fitness with Raj on both Instagram and Facebook. And you can also email me on Running and Fitness with Raj at gmail.com. Please let me know if you have any questions or specific guests you would like to see on the show. I also request you all again to please subscribe to the podcast and spread the word. Please also leave a review on iTunes as it will help enormously to grow the show. We will continue to bring you exciting and interesting guests and give specific and actionable advice. Stay safe, stay healthy. Until the next show, goodbye.